0: Welcome to continuation of our series on connecting the Tanoim with their lives. Uh, today we're going to speak about Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, uh, but there's more than one Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. I'm referring in particular to the Mishnah at the end of Perik Olive, Mishnah Yod Zayin. The Mishnah starts off by saying Shimon ben Aimer. Shimon, his son, says because the previous Mishnah, Mishnah Zayin was Rabbi Gamliel. Um, and so here, we're referring to his son, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. Now, the next Mishnah, Yod Ches, starts off with Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, which is interesting, because if we're already discussing Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, why does the Mishnah have to say, Yod Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel? So to address that, the Mefarshim, the Tosus Yamtiv, makes it very clear that there were a number of Rabbi Gamliels, and there were a number of Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliels. So... The first Mishnah, Yudzayan, is referring to Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, the first one, an earlier Tana. Um, and the one following in Mishnah Yudches, when it says uh, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, it's referring to a later Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, who was the Rebbe of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, And therefore that connects well with the beginning of Perik Beis, which starts off with Rabbi Omer. Because the previous uh, Mishnah, the end of Perik Olive, ends off with his father, Rabbi Shimon Begamliel, but the Mishnah that we're discussing was a different Rabbi Shimon Begamliel and that's why it says Shimon Beno, connecting it to the previous Mishnah as opposed to Rabbi Shimon Gamliel of the later Mishnah. Now um, aside from clarifying who this is, it's also important to know that Rabbi Shimon Begamliel, the earlier one, uh, was also considered amongst the ten martyrs, so he was actually killed by the Romans, al-Kiddush HaShem. So it's important to know that because it's going to help us understand uh, the Mishnah. Um, if you look at the Tosis um, Yomtiv, he says clearly, Shimon Beno Vuhu Meha Rugei Malchus, and therefore, um, to differentiate the next Shabbat of gamlia where he says, who Nechdo, shall Shimon Mishnah he was the grandson of the previous Mishnah, our Mishnah. Uh, so there are two different Rebbe Gamliel's. Now, what does Rebbe Gamliel say? Rebbe Shemarim says three things that seem to be focusing all on speech. Uh, he says, first of all, kalyam Gadalti Ben all of my days um, I have grown up and been raised amongst a wise people, chachamim, Sasi Laguf tov el I didn't find anything better for the goof, rather than uh, silence. Uh, the simple understanding is because if you're amongst wise people, rather than listen to yourself speak, better to keep quiet and listen to what others have to say because you may actually gain knowledge uh, from people who are wiser than you. Uh, then he says, and the importance uh, or the end goal should be the action and not the speech or the medrash. And therefore, if somebody is Dorish Venamakaim, if somebody gives good drushes, good speeches, but he doesn't actually uh, live and abide by his speech, he doesn't practice what he preaches, that's not um, it's not the proper way. And so therefore he emphasizes ultimately it's the deed and our actions that are uh, the important end goal. And finally, he says, bedvarim, if somebody speaks unnecessarily too much. Uh, Mevichet, he brings sin. So all the three things that he spoke about relate to speech. Now, b- before we go into the connection, I just want to point out that it's interesting that many of, um, probably could have touched on this in previous shiurim, but we'll touch on it here. Many of the Mishnays and Pirkei Avos focus on the number three. You have Ashloshid Advarim HaOlam Hameid, we have Histaka B'Shlosh Advarim V'yataboli we have Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakeh and his five Talmidim. Each one of them had three lessons to teach, uh, and then even if the even in the Mishnahs where it does not necessarily mention the number three, it's broken up into three parts. So, for example, Yeshua ben Prachya, Aselech Harav, Knelech HaChaver, Habidnas Koladim Lakavzhus, and many of the Mishnahs are split into three parts. You'll notice in our Mishnah as well that it's split into three parts. The first is number one second is number two and number three so what is this about the number three and for years it, it troubled me that I couldn't find anybody that could, could explain uh, adequately why is it that there are so many Mishnais and Pirkei Avos that the lessons are taught in multiples of three so I came across a fascinating Maharal years ago that actually explains something which is interesting if you think about it. He says that the number three is the maximum number that's the easiest for somebody to actually remember. If you, for example, have a list of things to do, uh, it's easy to remember one item, two items, even three items, but after three is where it gets hard. It's very difficult. So the Tanoim had plenty to teach, but they tried to. Um, they try to transmit their lessons in, uh, in lessons that could be taught in the multiples of three because it's easier to remember. That's what the Maharal says. There's another pshat where um, Rabbeinu Bechai says at the beginning of the uh, Perik, at the beginning of the Masechta, um, he focuses on uh, Mishnah Beis where Shimon Sadik said, and he says, and he says, uh, questions Rabbeinu Baha'i, what do you mean? They're all Torah. There aren't three pillars. Avoda is part of Torah and Gmilat Chasadim is part of Torah. So why are there three pillars? It should be one pillar and those are just subsets within Torah. So the Rabbeinu Bahai explains something uh, which I'd like to um, apply to our Mishnah to explain the number three and to explain that Mishnah in particular. And he says that the Torah basically consists of 613 commandments and the commandments fall into three categories. The three categories are things that um, fall into the category of Misa, where you actually have to do an act uh, to be Mekayim the Mitzvah, to fulfill the commandment. There is another group of Mitzvahs that uh, are tied to Dibor, speech, such as Lashon Hara, such as um, uh, when it comes to Kachim and different um, uh, things relating to Shavuos and things like that, swearing, using God's name. Uh, and then also, Machshavah, uh, for example, the Zara is an Avera that is tied to Machshavah, uh, thought. So he says that the Torah is actually split into three parts, machshava, uh, Debor, and Mysa And when the Mishnah earlier in the parak lists Torah, Vodim Mitzchah Torah refers to the Debor part because Torah is supposed to be learned with speech. Um, that it should be done, chazal or not you should study by speaking out what it is you're learning. Avoda is belev, avodasha believe that's mahshava. And mils HaSadim is acts, is action. So he explains that the multiple three that we find, especially in that Mishnah, and in particular many of the other Mishnayas, tie to a, um, a theme of machshava, Dibra and Misa, which are the three categories uh, within our Torah. So I think we can apply that explanation to our Mishnah, because if you look at the Mishnah, the three things all relate to dibor, all relate to speech, but it attacks it from different angles. The first is, tov To keep quiet and not to speak unnecessarily. So when somebody's quiet, we mentioned the reason is to learn from others. So that's machshava. Uh, then the Mishnah says, ha-maisa, That speaking without following through with action, is not the proper way. So the focus here is on action. First is machshava, um, second is ma'isa, action. And finally, v'chala mar even where it is appropriate to speak, um, it should be done uh, in, in proper measure and therefore excess speech is not good either. So that addresses Dibor. So he addresses um, the idea of speech uh, from the three angles machshava, Dibor and ma'isa. Now going back to uh, trying to connect the Tana to his teachings. Why did he focus so much on Debra? Why was that the focus of Rav Shimon Megamliel in our Mishnah? And he, as we mentioned, was one of the Surah sura Haruge Malchus, one of the Ten Martyrs. So there's a Sefer Lev Avais um, from Rabbi Haber Shlita uh, on Pirkei where he also uh, tries in his Sefer very much to focus on connecting the Tana with his teachings. And he says as follows. He says that Reb Shimon ben Gamliel was one of the ten martyrs, um, and basically he was one of the first um, to be executed by the Romans. And we know that the Asara Harugemalchus were a kapara for the chet of Mechiras Yosef, the chet of the brothers selling uh, Yosef. Now, what brought about the whole back and forth, the Kina and the Sina, and ultimately the Mechira, Mechiras Yosef? We know it started with Debor, because it says in the beginning of Parshas Vayeshev, it says, that because of the DeBosam Ra, the bad reports that Yosef was bringing to his father, that led to the jealousy and the animosity, and ultimately the Mechira of Yosef. So therefore, especially according to that Rizal, which we've mentioned in the past, that these Tanoim were teaching their lessons literally on their deathbed during their last moments. And considering Rabbi Shimon of Gamlia was one of the ten martyrs, and he knew that he was actually being taken uh, as a kapara for the, for the Mechiress um, Yosef. So he emphasized the importance of proper speech because, especially since um, uh, he was being taken as a Kapara for the Mechires Yosef, which was based on Diba Samra, he therefore emphasized the importance of proper speech. Um, Thank you very much for listening and looking forward to continuing our series. Thank you.